0: He is perfectly righteous. And when we put our faith in Christ, we're united to him. God sees us as clothed in the righteousness of Christ, which is a perfect righteousness. So we exchange our righteousness for the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness by which we will be judged. The great Protestant reformer, Martin Luther, put it like this. He He drew an analogy between um, the believer's life, the Christian's life, and marriage. And he said that uh, faith unites the soul with Christ as a bride is united to her bridegroom. And the bride, the believer, has the righteousness of Christ, her husband, of which she may boast as her own, is how Luther put it. So when you get married you know when when I got married to Josie what was mine became hers. Lucky her. It wasn't much. But that's how it is in marriage. What is mine is hers. And that's what Luther is saying. When you're united to Christ by faith what is his becomes yours. As you grasp And reach out, by faith, your Savior. What do you have when you have Christ? you have His righteousness? You have His righteousness. What else do you have when you have Christ? What do you gain? Well, you have a relationship with Him. You have His righteousness, by which you can stand, secure in the presence of God. And then you get to know Christ. You get to have a relationship with Christ. He, he says that I may, verse 8, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Look how personal it is. My Lord. It's the only time that Paul uses that phrase. My Lord. Jesus is my Lord. It's personal for Paul. Verse 10, that I may know him. These are words of, obviously, this word knowledge here is a relational word. It has to do with intimacy with Christ, not just knowing about Christ, but knowing him personally. And what a privilege that is. Isn't that a great privilege to know Jesus Christ, to know Jesus who was revealed, as we read in our gospel reading, on the mountain as the very son of God and his divine glory shines out. It shines out of his face. It shines out of his clothes. The voice from heaven declares, this is my son. Listen to him. What a privilege to know the divine Son of God, to fellowship with Him. How do we get to know Christ? We fellowship with Him in prayer, in Scripture reading, in partaking of the spiritual food of His body and blood. We know Christ as we encounter Him in the body of Christ, in the community, in the church, through members of Of his body. Through one another, we get to know Christ more. And Paul says this is a blessing of surpassing value. It's the greatest value for the Apostle Paul. How do you know if you know Christ? What is the mark of a man who knows Christ? What is the mark of a woman who knows Christ? I heard uh, recently a sermon by H.B. Charles Jr the pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, and he said, the man who knows Christ wants to know Christ more. That's the mark. The woman who knows Christ wants to know Christ more. They have discovered a treasure. They have discovered the glory of God. They have discovered the life of God. They've discovered the hope of God. They've received the righteousness of God. They want more of Christ. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's not satisfied with what's happened in the past, but he's pressing on to know Christ more. Do you know Christ? Do you know Christ? Not about Christ, but do you have a relationship? Can you say with the Apostle Paul, Christ Jesus, my Lord, my Lord, He's influencing me. He's driving me. He's the one that I'm living for. Are you thankful that you know Christ personally today? Do you want to know Him more? What do you have when you have Christ? What do you gain? You gain the righteousness of God. You gain knowledge of Christ and you gain resurrection hope in the midst of suffering. You see that in verse 10? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain resurrection from the dead. So he's got resurrection at the beginning of this sentence and resurrection at the end of the sentence. But in the middle of it is suffering. He goes into suffering with resurrection hope. He goes through suffering with resurrection hope. Paul was, Paul was well acquainted with suffering. He suffered immensely as you read the story. And I know many of you are familiar with what he says about his own suffering for the gospel. How he was flogged. How he was beaten. How he was shipwrecked. How he had to deal with constant anxiety and pressure over the church. And how he always had enemies coming after him. Paul was a man who knew... he gave up status and authority. This was not somebody who was kind of at the bottom of the barrel and then was raised up socially when he met Christ. This was somebody who was at the top of the ladder in his context as a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He gave that up. He gave up that status. He suffered the loss, but it was gained for him. Paul was acquainted with victory, yes, no doubt about it, God used Paul to perform mighty miracles and great acts, but Paul knew suffering too. And Paul here says that his suffering, going through suffering, is meaningful because he saw his suffering as a sharing in the suffering of Christ and becoming like Christ even unto his death. How do we suffer with Christ? How do we suffer like Christ? When we turn from a, a life of of. Sin and self, when we take up our cross and follow Jesus and turn from a life of sin, we're suffering with Christ and like Christ. When we sacrifice our our desires, our more self-centered desires, when we sacrifice that to serve others, we're suffering like Christ. We're following Christ on the way of the cross. When we suffer disease and face death, we can do that like Christ. We can be like Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane before he faced death, before he faced the cross. He said, Father, take this cup from me. And that's okay to pray in the midst of suffering. Father, take it from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So we can be like Christ in our suffering as we go through it, approaching it, saying, Lord, take this from me, but nevertheless... I'm going to trust you. Not my will, but your will be done. We can be like Christ in his death. We can learn from Christ. When he says, even on the cross, as he's dying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I'm offering up my life as I die into your hands. That's a pattern for us. That's an example for us. We can become like him in his death and go through that with hope. Johnny Erickson Tata, a woman who many of you I'm sure have heard her name or are familiar with her testimony. Here's a woman who spent the majority of her life in a wheelchair. She's battled cancer. She's battled all kinds of physical disability and suffering. Johnny Erickson Tata says, suffering reminds us where our true strength lies. Nothing shatters our self-confidence, the confidence in the flesh, like suffering. And it reminds us where our true strength and hope is. It's in Christ. Because he knows Christ, Paul has hope in the midst of suffering. Because he knows the presence of Christ, he has hope. He has the promises of Christ. He has the presence of Christ. And so he goes through the suffering with resurrection hope. This is not the end. Because Christ was raised from the dead, those who are in Christ will be raised. And so, what do you have when you have Christ? What do you gain? A righteousness from God, by which you can be confident before God. What do you gain when you have Christ, like Paul had Christ? Knowledge of Jesus. Personal knowledge of the Son of God. And that personal knowledge gives you hope in the midst of suffering. This is a value of surpassing worth, Paul says. I'm so glad that Paul acknowledges, however, that he's not achieved perfection here. He says, I've not completed the race. I've not attained to all this. I am not perfect. Not that I'm already perfect. And that makes me feel better. I don't know about you this morning, but I still need Christ to help me overcome. A performance-based identity. A striving for the acceptance of others. I still need Christ. I still need God's grace to help me grow in a personal, experiential knowledge of Him. I still need to trust, as I go through suffering and difficulty, in the resurrection hope that Christ promises. How about you today? Can you say, along with Paul, I'm thankful for what Christ has done for me, but I'm not satisfied? I still need to press on? I still need to press on. I've been, and I'm sure some of you have seen this, this revival that's happening at Asbury. I've been impressed with these college students and now people coming from all over the country and even the world to go to that chapel to encounter the presence of Christ. They're not satisfied with what they've had in the past, but they press on to know Christ more. We need that. We need that in our lives. This is a race, and we're to race to the very end of pressing on to know Christ. Paul likens the Christian life to a race. Even though he's encountered Christ, he encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. He had dramatic encounters with Christ, but he says, it's not over. I'm going to press on to the very end. A few years ago, there was a major uh, race. It was um, people who were Olympic champions and and some who were hoping to be Olympic champions, and it was one of these, they call them diamond races, the best athletes of the world gather to run these races, and this particular race was in China, and there was a man from Algeria, he was an Olympic gold medalist, and he was running the 800, and he was in first place the whole time, he was blowing people away, but there was a Kenyan runner who was advancing, advancing, And uh, as this Algerian got to the finish line, uh, he lost focus and he began to celebrate before he reached the finish finish line. And he stuck out his arms like an airplane and he stuck out his tongue and he was kind of celebrating in in a boastful way that he was the victor. And just at the last moment, this Kenyan runner surpassed him and beat him to the finish line, 0.04 seconds. And he was... You can see the reaction on the video. of This runner just completely crestfallen. He is celebrating one moment and then understood that he had lost the very next second. Why? Because he lost focus. He became overly confident. And Paul is saying, we must press on to the very end to know Christ, to trust Him until we cross the finish line. Let's strive for that today, and in the days ahead. Let's pray.